Hello fellow Dollar Bill Boot Campers. In this episode two, I'd like to welcome you to, we're going to go over real estate buying as an investment so you can rent the properties out later. I'm going to have an old friend and former business partner who I purchased a property with and we're going to go over the mistakes of our first rental property so you don't make the same mistakes as we did. With this property, we purchased it through the VA which, if you don't know anything about that program, we're here to inform. The VA home loan is a home loan that veterans can take out to purchase a home without putting any money down. This is a good thing because you avoid paying PMI insurance, which is insurance you pay until you own 20% of the house. Also now, here's a few myths about the VA loan that you may have heard of and are not true. You can actually use the VA home loan more than one time. I currently have the house in Delaware, and then I have one here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And I was able to use a VA home loan at the same time for each without any penalties. But on your second property, you're going to have to put some money down. And if you put money down, then you're going to avoid some penalties. The other misconception is that I never realized was with a VA home loan, you can buy up to a four-unit multifamily home if you live in one of the units. And in Dollar Bill Boot Camp, we talk about making your dollars go stronger and harder for you. So the benefit of this is the other units are being rented out and paying your mortgage for you. And we strive here at Dollar Bill Boot Camp to teach you to have other people pay for what you enjoy and pay for your lifestyle. And without further ado, I'd like to give this call over to Matthew and welcome him to the show. All right, so we have Matthew here. Matthew was a former Air Force and also a business partner of mine, and welcome to Dollar Bill Boot Camp, Matthew. Hey, Rob. How are you doing this morning? Uh, good to uh, be here. No, I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. So, yeah, I have a few questions for you. This episode is going to be about uh, properties and rental properties in particular and VA loans. So uh, I know we have some history on that, so we just want to spread the information. So uh, I'll start with the first question. Just tell me the basics. Uh, tell me a little backstory about your Air Force career and yourself. All right. Uh, I'm uh, originally from Arizona, but I grew up in Texas most of my life. I'm from Rosenberg, Texas. Uh I graduated high school, I was working full time at CVS Pharmacy as a shift manager back then, making twelve bucks an hour is pretty good money. Uh, let's see, uh, things kind of went awry there, and I got laid off, and it was bad timing for that because I met the girl I wanted to marry. We got engaged. Uh, she had her own house at the time in Katy, Texas. Uh, little did I know she wasn't as financially, she was maybe more independent and financially responsible than I was at the time, uh, but what I didn't know is that she was about to lose her house, and I lost my job, and she lost her job. She didn't escrow in the taxes, so she owed a lot of back taxes on this house. Uh, kind of what caused me to go into military service was we actually lost the house. We were... We sold a number of things that we had trying to save this to pay the back taxes and then the mortgage payments stack up and we just couldn't keep up so we ended up uh, living at mom's house, her mom's house <laughs> and uh, I wasn't able to get another job that was paying as, as well as that at the time. 
So I kind of got set up with it, and like many other people, I was, I was looking for some stability for us in the future, and I, I never wanted that to happen to us again. So I kind of followed in the footsteps of my father and enlisted in the United States Air Force. Uh, married my wife, brought her with me, uh, you know, went did the uh, whole Lackland to Shepard shuffle and ended up in Dover as a crew chief on the C-5 Galaxy, uh, brought her with me, and that's kind of where the story begins, I guess. All right, well, that, thanks for the backstory, Matthew. And uh, I guess next question is, uh, I guess, tell me why you decided to take financial success seriously in your life, and maybe some ways the Air Force has helped you get ahead. Well, um, I guess what helped me take financial stability so seriously is that I noticed that, you know, I was living paycheck to paycheck before I joined the military. I noticed that once we got into the military, our financial success wasn't where I wanted it to be. Um, we actually, she actually was very financially irresponsible as it turned out, and we actually ended up getting a divorce. Now, what kind of set me straight was it could have been a lot worse, but the divorce left me 2500 bucks in the hole. Uh, she got crazy with the star card from the BX. I don't know. It, probably everybody knows about the scam. You get in the, the BX, just left everybody have a star card, come rack it up as much as you want at the BX. I, I don't remember what the interest rate was of the APR, but I remember paying off a $4,500 racked up star card and well things went sour between us and uh she ended up leaving to go enlist in the army because she liked what she saw as far as the financial success from the air force even though we weren't having financial success at the time partially her fault uh but that's really what that uh i guess the stigma of, of being trapped in paycheck to paycheck and being broke all the time. I wanted to break that cycle, that perpetual cycle of why, why am I making more money than I ever have in my life? And I still am broke. I still have debt to pay off. That's what really did it for me. I was uh, 21 when I went in and maybe by the time I was 22 or 23 shortly after, that's when things really started to get serious for me. And uh, what what might have led you to get serious? Was there any uh, outside influences, mentors, or research you did to get a get that education? Well, as I recall, uh, once we got divorced and we went our separate ways, I then paid off that twenty five hundred dollars debt very quickly, and I made a few new good friends. You being one of them, and uh, you were excited about finances. I was starting to become excited about finances. Um, I had noticed there were several NCOs that were excited about real estate and investing and finances, and I liked their lifestyle. Uh, like I said, I I didn't like I didn't like the whole airmen going out and blowing all their their money. You know, they they come in, they have more money than they've ever had. That seems to be a pretty common statement. Uh, they come in, they have more money than they've ever had, and they just seem to do a lot of foolish spending, even though 
there's financial briefings that obviously try to deter you from doing this, but it just seemed like nobody took finances seriously, and I met a few people who did, and I always wanted to. And so that's what started it all for me, and I remember just feeling very uneducated about it. You know, I come from a lower-middle-class family. Uh, it seems like it was hard for people in my own family to break the cycle of being broke all the time. And it, I just wondered how financially successful people are able to overcome this cycle. I, I wondered how they're able to maintain it. I just got completely enveloped in it, and I remember getting on Investopedia and reading everything I could, talking to everyone who I could talk to in the military about it, taking it seriously. I remember ordering some books, various different ones, getting excited about the books. Uh, and what it really did was get the gears turning. You know, it's about meeting the right people, I think. Oh, yeah, it's and, definitely about hanging out with uh, people who are like-minded as you and also as me being a supervisor who's still in the military and you being on the outside. You can still teach your subordinates about this stuff and I think the the military as a whole they give you like a, a small class on it and then it's kind of forget about it but when we were when we were coming right. in in 2006 first paycheck some of these guys got they bought cars with like four or five hundred dollar a month payments and you're like really you can't even afford the gas <laughs> right it's insane so yeah, that, that was that was that, and I think I, I, we saw a lot of uh, E6 tech sergeants who had pretty beautiful homes, and we were like, well, "How did you do that?" And talking yeah, to them and figuring this out with real estate and everything else. Of course, a lot of them were flying crew chiefs, which not everybody gets this opportunity. So we're not we're not going to dive into that, but basically, we're just going to talk about the average military person that doesn't go right. too many places. I think what I saw for the first time in my life was true opportunity, true opportunity to break that cycle I'm talking about and the true opportunity to to make our money work for us and make my money work for myself and make it work all the time. You know, I I got excited with the concept that your money could work for you all the time, even when you're not uh, on the flight line fixing planes or whatever your AFSC or, or MOS maybe when you're not at work when you're asleep your money could always work for you and i i wanted to figure out how to be able to do that and i wanted i got excited i wanted my friends to be able to figure that out i wanted my friends to be doing that i wanted my family to be doing that i wanted everybody to to break this cycle it's just i got tired of kind of seeing people struggling financially and especially myself I will, I will say, like, even though I try to preach this stuff to people, a lot of people, they don't care still after you talk to them, but I, I know there's two, there's two types of people. There's the people that are going to care when they're in the military, and then there's going to be people who are going to retire from the military and be like, I wish somebody would have told me this stuff earlier, or I wish I would have done this earlier, because when you get closer to retirement, you're like, I don't have anything. I, I think a lot of people have just never seen a glimpse of, financial success and they are trapped in that cycle I'm talking about and they don't know how to break it and they, they don't think that it's even a real possibility in this lifetime that they could but it absolutely is um, it takes a lot of hard work obviously you know that um, a lot of research you got to get educated I, 
I never spent more time getting educated on a subject matter than when I got excited about finances and I was able to educate myself and and learn from people like you and some other various friends of mine. Hey, I probably stuff. spent, I don't know, thousands of hours on YouTube and reading articles and books just to get different mindsets on everybody's opinion on money because it's not there's a lot of different ways to do it there's no one cookie cut strategy the only the only thing that's the same between all of them is living below your means that's right. how you get away from living paycheck to paycheck but past that you can go real estate you can go stocks you can be an entrepreneur you have all these different routes but the main oh, thing is living living below your means that's the main thing to getting ahead there certainly is a lot of different strategies and, and avenues that you could try and things that you can do. So with this being said, me and you, obviously, we've chosen the uh, the real estate property. So the next the next topic is going to be us talking about our, our real estate house in Delaware and things that we've sure. done wrong with it and what we would have changed in the time that we've had it. So me and Matt, we decided we would buy a house when we were – I was 23 or 24, it was 2008, and the market crashed. Uh, Matthew was deployed at the time, and we were already living together. I was there when he got divorced, and we already had an apartment together. So he gave me a power of attorney to go buy a house, and I went out looking for houses. We had some disagreements on one, but we found one that we actually did enjoy looking at. So we ended up buying it, but we knew later on we were going to rent it out, but we had this great plan because I thought I was going to be there for five more years because I was on the C5M program as an alternate. But I was under the assumption I was going to be there for five years. So two weeks after buying this house, I got an assignment notification to Spain. So I lived in the house for four months. Matt lived there for a few years. But the struggles, let, let's, Matt, let's tell them about the struggles that we've had with this house of just what we would have done differently. Uh, I, for sure for me, what I would have done differently, and I think we talked about it at the time, but uh, in hindsight, I would have much rather chosen a property that was closer to the base, and partially the reason that, <clears throat> there were two reasons that I didn't offer that, because I think the taxes were a little higher. Um, I, I had this taxes fear from what happened to us in Texas, to, to Jennifer and I's house, or her house, rather, uh, losing that because the taxes were too high, and that's because she was up in Katy in kind of a more affluent area. But uh, And then I had this thing about uh, the property needed to have some land attached to it, and that comes from living in Texas my whole life. There's a big emphasis on having a little bit of land, which I thought would be valuable in the future, and being uneducated about rental properties at the time, I now realize that wasn't as important. So uh, I pushed for that, and I think that's part of the problem on why that particular rental property wasn't a success or hasn't been as much as we would have liked it to. Yeah, with that said, we, we still have the property, and we still do rent it out. We just since we used the VA loan and we didn't put any money down either, we were just breaking even every month. But we're still getting a lot towards the principal, so when you ever look at an amortization schedule, you'll 
you'll see how that works when you go to buy a house. And uh, right. Also, our interest rate was like six percent, and nobody really educated us on that. And then we refinanced it for a lower rate, but it's still fairly high. But once you move out of the property and you try to refinance an investment property, you're looking at six percent or above anyway. So we can't even refinance the house at a a decent rate at this point. At, at this point, it just kind of needs to to continue to break even until it is going to be profitable, but it's it's going to become a, a long-term hold property. It's just not worth it to offload it after real estate fees and title fees and everything under the sun. It, we wouldn't make that much money if we did offload it now, so we realize we got to hold on to it, and why not? It's a decent property. It's built in the 90s, Cape Cod style. It is on a little bit of land. Um, and it turns out they are developing that area a little more, so that's good, but it still is a little little ways away from the base, which is uh, something you, you might want to avoid if you're looking at doing this. Um, so with that said, um, what, what are some key questions when someone's going to buy a house and while we're in the military that they should ask their realtor? Well, I think it depends on what their intentions are. If they're going to homestead it and they have no intentions of, if they have no intentions of renting it out in the future, um, it depends really, like I said, what the intentions are. But, uh, I mean, always questions you want to ask. You, you want to find out what the neighborhood's like. You want to find out what the crime's like in the area. You, wanna, you definitely want to find out what the taxes are going to be. Um, if you want to rent it out in the future, you want to just go ahead and be upfront with your real estate agent and say, hey, is this going to be potentially a good rental listing in the future if I PCS or if I, uh, you know, if I get out of the military and I want to move back to my home state, it's going to rent out okay, or am I going to be stuck with the property I'm not able to rent out fairly well? And and what's the rental market value going to be? Am I going to get under, or am I going to get over, or am I going to break even? And these are all important questions. Oh, yeah, I think it's definitely important to ask uh I'm not a fan of anybody buying their dream house while they're in the military unless it's the last few years because there's right. always a chance you're going to get orders anyway. So I always would tell people, just buy something you can rent. Just ask the realtor, where's the hot rental market at? Where is it always renting? So the area I bought in North Carolina now, it's about a day or two for a house to get rented because the school district. So asking that question is definitely most important. And also finding a good property manager is key because I think we have some issues with our property management company and we just have to get back up to the north and see if we can straighten things out as far as be a whole other discussion yeah that could be but a few a few things it is possible to rent your house out but your your property management team has to communicate with you definitely but while we're talking about rental properties uh so you know if you ever have fears of renting your house out later they they charge 10% a month and your first month of rent up front for advertising. But they do manage to keep the house in repair condition. If something does break, they contact companies for you to fix it and then they send you the bill later. So, and also we could get into the tax deductions. Anything you do to the property is a tax deduction. So your taxes will get more complicated, but it's completely Absolutely. worth it. Completely worth it in the long run. Yeah, so, it, 
you know, it costs us almost next to nothing to own it every month now. So it's, it's definitely been a good idea as far as the long term, but had we have done things a little bit differently, we, we could have had a more of a profitable uh, rental property right now instead of waiting. Yeah, so so with, with that said, though, um, if we would have done things differently, uh, something I recently found out through the VA is you can buy a, <clears throat> excuse me, a four-unit multifamily home if you live in one of them. And that's way better than even having roommates because you can rent out the other three units and they're going to pay your mortgage for you and you just live in one of them. I mean, if you want to get successfully ahead financially, you need to live different, live different than the average American because the average American is broke. So you have to make things a little bit different. So, uh, yeah, Matt, would you recommend people buying a multifamily home? I as, would long, as long as they're single, married, probably no kids, but I think it's a good idea. Now, the uh, amount you're going to be financed for for a multi-family uh, unit home is going to be more than the traditional house. So if you are able to get approved for that amount and, and you have some cash to put down, uh, one thing you need to know about being financially successful is, is you have to be willing to sometimes live um, like Rob said, most Americans aren't willing to live in an uncomfortable situation for more than a short amount of time, but if that's not really what you want to do is live in one of those units, you have to be willing to do that because uh, going through that is what's going to net you some bucks later on. Um, it, like you said, people kind of want to get their dream house right away, and they, they want to get their dream car, and these things cost a lot of money. And sometimes living in a uh, just one unit, and that may not be what you want to do, but that's going to be what leads to success later on. I absolutely would recommend that people think outside the box and say, well, yeah, why, why can't I live in one unit and rent the other three out? I may, you know, I may not want to have these neighbors close to me, and I may not want to have to deal with being the landlord. But, but that's what you have to do if you want to be financially successful. You have to be willing to do some things you may not want to do. Well, obviously, um, we we did it on a smaller scale with our house. We, me and Matt, both lived upstairs. There were two bedrooms upstairs, and we had two bedrooms downstairs, and. We rented the two bedrooms downstairs, and that basically paid most of our mortgage for us. So we, we did that in-house. So this is just a way of expanding it so you don't need to have roommates. But definitely if you're right. single in the military and you buy a house, look to have roommates paying your mortgage for you. It, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it in the long run. You can deal with some stuff for that money a month. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dealing with it is absolutely worth it financially. So, you can get good roommates who are going to get in there and pay their rent and the bills on time, all the time. Absolutely worth it. Oh, yeah, it's definitely worth it. So now that we've talked about our our success success and not success, I just want to ask you, Matthew, what's the, what's the worst money mistake you've ever made? I'd say there's, there'd probably be a few of them. Uh, one major one I can think of is uh, at the time 
that I was still married, my wife and I got excited about a classic car. Um, now, I thought the price was good. It wasn't. I didn't do enough research. But what everybody needs to understand about buying classic cars is it really is a rich uh, man or woman's hobby. It's a rich person's hobby. And you need to, to be pretty wealthy to buy a classic car. So I ended up losing quite a, quite a few thousand dollars on this car. Um, I wasn't able to, to do the things with it I wanted, and it ended up being a bad investment, not even an investment at all. Uh, I'd say another financial mistake I made was uh, buying gold bullion or silver bullion after the hype, before the price hike, or after the price hike, rather, instead of before the price hike. So if you're going to buy that kind of stuff, obviously with stocks, too, you don't want to buy high. Buying high is a bad idea. Uh, you want to buy low and sell high. That's an old saying. It's true to this day. So don't make that mistake. Um those are the major ones I can think of. Uh, what, what about you, Rob? What were some of your financial mistakes that you made? Uh, I, I, I would say, um, well, recently doing my research and thinking back. Now, now, for new people in the military, I'd say the TSP is a great idea because you should put 5% towards it and get matching 5%. But I've been Absolutely. in so long, there's, there's no matching. And from the results I see, like my stockbroker right now, He's making me about 11 to 13% a year right now, while the TSP last 12 months has been like 0 to 4%. So if I, I, if I would have done things over again, I would have started with a stockbroker slash financial advisor right away and definitely talk to some of them and see what they're, they can do for you. But the percents would be so much different for me now. I agree with that. And then maybe another mistake I did also was when I first came in, I put so much money towards the TSP and I still struggle with trying to have money sitting around because if it's sitting around, it's not doing anything. But then I realized if it's sitting around, I could use it to buy more properties or other things. You can so, turn it to leverage for you. Yeah. So I think uh, yeah. having a balance of putting so much towards one thing, but then keeping money on the side for another opportunity is something that you should do for sure. So I would say like those are definitely two mistakes that, that I've made in my, my career so far. So, so Matthew, when we talked about mistakes, uh, what, what are some future financial goals that you want to get into and how are you going to achieve them? Uh, well, I think for both of us and me personally, uh, real estate is, is obtaining and acquiring more real estate opportunities, uh, whether they be multifamily unit homes or whether they be foreclosures or short sales, uh, pretty much whatever kind of great deals we can get our hands on that makes sense. Um, I would say that that's one of the biggest goals that I have. And, and also to be in my own personal homestead that's completely paid off is, is one of my personal financial goals. Um well, that's not, that sounds like a good guy. I wish I had a house that I lived in that was completely paid off. But, you know, in the military, you move every couple of years, and 
you just have to rent out the houses you leave behind, which is right. obviously what you have to do. But when you sell them all in the end, you'll be okay. And I think the, the end strategy, though, is to own that multifamily apartment, 8, 10, 20, 80 units. That's when you finally have reached the pinnacle of where you can say you're successful. Yeah, I just... I, I think it's safe to say we have a, a love for real estate, and in the future, if my job can be uh, to own these properties and uh, co-property manage them and, and even maybe do some of our own maintenance on them yeah, to keep costs low, I think that's my ultimate goal is to be able to do that on a lo- much larger scale than I ever have done. Um Oh, yeah, no, no, that, I definitely agree with you with that, getting into those goals. But, yeah, Matthew, I'd like to thank you for chiming in and helping our, our listeners with some real estate stuff. And, obviously, if you ever want to call back, you're more than welcome. And if any of you listening want to ask some real estate questions, feel feel free to direct message me and call in. And thank you, Matthew, and thank you for your service. Rob, thanks for the support. Always keep talking. Now I'd like to thank all of you for tuning in to episode two about real estate investing and buying your first house for investments later on. And with that said, if you have any real estate questions, feel free to send a message out to our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, and I'd love to hear back from you. And with that said, uh, keep your dollars going and working strong.